Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, quarantined in D.C., and today I'm going to be talking once again to Sherry Jacobus. She's a nationally recognized political strategist, a pundit, a writer. She's a former Republican who is now an independent, which we actually do talk about on the show, and she's the executive producer of America Reads the Mueller Report. We, We got into all different kind of issues it was a really good conversation, so I think you're going to enjoy it. But before I get into that conversation, I'm just going to give you a little update on Miranda. So far, so good. She's doing well. Um, Sunday night was probably one of the worst nights of my life. And I'm going to share tomorrow. Steph's going to come on for a patrons-only show. And I'm going to share one of the ugly details about Sunday night. It was so bad. I didn't get any sleep. And I was just, it was awful because I just, I thought Miranda was going to die. And it was just all night I was up and... Something else happened to me physically that I'm going to share tomorrow. I'm not going to put it out on social media or anything like that other than putting it in in my patrons-only podcast. But you can hear that personal bit of information tomorrow when I talk to Stephanie. Uh, All right. So before we get on with Sherry, the Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast, and it is supported by you, the listeners. It's also woman-run, Kimberly-run. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I got no corporate backers. I don't use advertisers. It's just you and me, and you support the show. So patrons are the ones who keep this show going, and I'm really grateful. So if you like the show today, take a look at the About section. You can check out some of my past guests and see that I have a very interesting, diverse group of people. I like to talk to never-Trumpers. I like to talk to progressives. I like to talk to actors. I just like to talk to you know, moderate Democrats, progressive Democrats, whatever, because I think it's an interesting... Uh, it makes for an interesting kind of like overview. If, if, you're, if you're a regular listener to the show, you get to hear all different kinds of points of view. It doesn't mean I think you have to agree with all of them, but it just, I like to offer, you know, different perspectives. Um, if you become a patron, like say for $2 a month, you get every show that's under the $5 tier delivered to your email box. So you won't miss any shows. And if you sign up for the $5 a month tier, you you get the patrons only shows. That's where I'm going to like tomorrow, Steph and I are going to talk and we're going to, I'm going to tell you an embarrassing thing that happened uh, when I was having the worst night of my life. And I, you know, we get in, we're definitely going to talk about the, the racial and um, the racist things that are happening in the news that we're seeing coming down our Twitter feeds and uh, across, you know, the cable news media sites. We're going to talk about that. Sherry and I didn't get to that today, but definitely Steph and I are going to get that tomorrow on the patrons only show. So that's a $5 per month show, FYI. Um, But you can sign up for any dollar amount. It could be for $10 or $20 or $50. It's up to you. Just go to patreon.com slash start me up. Again, check out the About section. I've got some interviews that I have linked, and you can listen to those, see if you want to become a patron, and I hope that you do. Um, What else? So you can also make a one-time donation. On the Patreon text of each show, I include my email address, which is what you can use at at, uh, at PayPal, and just do the one-time donation. If you're not sure you like the show yet, but you like, I like this show, so I'll I'll support this show, that way you can decide if you want to do it later. You can also decide if you're like if you've subscribed for $2, if you want to upgrade to the $5 tier. Whatever you want to do. And last but not least, um, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, please stop by iTunes or Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. 
you can you can become a subscriber for free and while you're there you just hit five stars that would be awesome but whatever you think I deserve especially if you like the show and a review I haven't had one of those for a while and I do need them they really do help me in the whole um, Apple podcast ranking system so if you could do that I would be grateful and I would really appreciate it and so would Miranda who's laying here next to me <laughs> okay um, I am just so you know I'm tired today I don't know why I'm so tired. I think it's probably just the stress of everything that I've been going through with Miranda and with, you know, the news and COVID and all of it. So pardon me if I sound a little tired today and a little babbly. It's just, you know, I don't know. It's getting to me a little bit. I'm okay, but I just, you know how it goes. So um, that should be, that, that should end my babbling for right now. Please enjoy my conversation with Sherry Jacobus. Welcome back, Sherry. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Well, it's good. It's good to have you. And I just want to thank you for understanding about Monday with my cat because that was uh, a horrible night that I had with her. So um, and I was just not even emotionally prepared to, to be clear about anything on a podcast. So thank you for oh, understanding. I know. I've been there, <laughs> been there, done that. I understand completely. Yeah, I know. I know you would. Uh, we had actually had talked to you earlier in the year about coming on the show and you were having your own issues with your kitty. So yeah, yeah I, I knew you understood, but it really, it really, um, it means a lot that you understood. So thank you. Um, all right, so let's just I get it. I speak cat fluently. Yes, you do. And cat, and, and cat lady. I speak cat lady fluently, yes. Yeah, I've had them my whole life, so me too. Um, all right, well, let's just jump into this. You know what I wanted to ask you? Um, before we even start talking about any of the other stuff, uh, I, I was looking, obviously, at your bio on Twitter, and it says you're an independent, and I know you used to be a Republican. So did this whole thing with uh, the hacking situation um, which maybe you can just briefly let people know, is that what turned you into an independent or, you know, where did that independent thing come from? Well, actually the hacking is only part of it it's, and it's not a short story. I was catfished, okay. <laughs> hacked, stalked. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Blacklisted. Uh, it was, it was pretty bad, defamed. Uh, I've been through the mill with these people, yeah. with the Trump people. Uh, but you know, they came after me and wanted me to work for them in 2015. Wow. So this was what, now five years ago and I wasn't interested but it was a longtime pal who was going to be working on a Trump, the Trump super PAC mm -hmm. so I said well why don't we just you know have lunch so we met for lunch I did it as a courtesy and he brings along a guy I'd never heard of before named Corey Lewandowski oh my god and they yeah <laughs> they worked on me and I was like eh. and they told me a few things during this well there was a super PAC because my pal was going to be going to work on it uh, I stalled a few weeks later and had a, agreed to a second meeting, and that's when I witnessed the Lewandowski the rest of us all came to know and hate. Yeah. I mean, unhinged, violent, I mean, just wow. the, just just unbelievable. And I told my friend, thanks, but no thanks, because yeah. he had come back and said, oh, Corey really liked you. And he thought maybe he was too hard on you, but liked that you didn't get flustered. I was like, what? <laughs> He's an asshole. <laughs> no, I thanks, have a great time working on Super PAC. So I still defended Trump on TV. Um, when I was on TV at that time, I was defending all the Republicans. I wanted, you know, my, my, what I was thinking was I wanted good, solid Republican races, good mm -hmm. campaigns. Um, we had 15, 16 candidates, so eh, whatever. Right. And uh, then when Trump made those comments about John McCain, mm -hmm. POW status, and how yeah. he, he likes people who weren't captured, that was my first public criticism of Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in the fall, when he was uh, caught with the super PAC, denied it. 
threatened to sue the Washington Post who reported it. I came forward and said, excuse me, but yeah, he had a super PAC. Corey mm-hmm. told me all about it. At that point, I was immediately banned from Fox wow. after being on there a couple thousand times um, since the network started 20 years, you know, whatever it was before that. Uh, yeah, it was. And that's when the catfishing started. I, um, you know, I fought these people. I, I used to be an RNC spokesperson. I worked on Capitol Hill for Republican congressmen. I ran Republican congressional races at a time when win- women were not running those races, mm-hmm. but I didn't get the memo. Um, <laughs> I worked in senior leadership positions during the contract with America. I've always been a moderate Republican. Uh, right of center. Um, mm-hmm. Probably could have at some points worked for a conservative Democrat mm-hmm. uh, before things got crazy and, and polarized. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I left the party when the party nominated Trump. It was wow. immediate. I became a registered independent. I'll probably remain an independent my entire life. I will be voting blue. Um, I think people like me can help keep the Democrats honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are only hope right now. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm a realist and I, I fully... Uh, understand how when different factions get a hold of a party and control yeah, the money, right. you have corruption. Yeah. So right now, I like the Democrats and I'm voting blue. <laughs> well, that's music to my ears because, yeah. geez, this is just all so upsetting and scary. And, um, you know, I mean, that's such an understatement. Oh, oh, my God. So let me ask you, okay, as far as COVID is concerned, I'm curious, like, first of all, how are you faring during this? I mean, are you able to shelter in place? Uh, I am able to shelter in place. I'm able to, to get exercise and mm-hmm. walk and run and bike. And I've done uh, driveway happy hour with friends. We've decided <laughs> that our, our little beach chairs and camping chairs are going to get quite the workout over the next couple of years before there's a vaccine. Right. And we are perfectly happy with that because we're wearing sneakers and yoga pants. And I've decided that that's all I ever need to wear again <laughs> for the rest of my life. <laughs> Well, I saw on Rachel Maddow last night, she was talking to a vaccine expert who said, she said, don't get too excited about like a vaccine coming anytime soon. I don't know what soon means, but she said what is more likely is we could see some kind of treatment like, for instance, zinc can reduce the um, length of a cold. So we might see something like that before we see a, a vaccine, which, frankly, I would be happy to see that. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't. Well, it, it depends what your situation is. If you're around infants, mm-hmm. if you're in a situation where you have elderly parents that you are around on a regular basis or, or, or live with and they have yeah, health uh, issues like my own father, who's almost 89 years old. Wow. Uh, so I think it's going to be different um, for different people. Yeah, I personally um, don't feel feel comfortable being out and about. I mean, I, I do the mask. Uh, I wash the food before it comes in the house. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm rather careful. And Me so, too. You know, we're all struggling to find a way to live with this, but mm-hmm. still live. Right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm very progressive, but I'm not, prog- I'm not a fringe person. I, I recognize mm-hmm. that in order to get anywhere and get anything done, we do have to work together. And even though the Republicans are being ridiculous and obstructionist, uh, hopefully, you know, what I would hope is that, you know, we have this landslide and that tells the Republicans, all right, we, we need to get our shit together. Because, I mean, I, I always like to point out that um, I th- believe it was seven Republican men that voted for the Equal Rights Amendment in Virginia. And so Republicans and Democrats can work together. And so obviously, as much as I'd love to see certain things that, you know, I see the progressive left um, asking for, some of those things I know aren't necessarily realistic at this time. It doesn't mean they're not realistic. It just means that, you know, things have to, like, for instance, we're not going to get Medicare for all. It's just not going to happen, even if we go 
with a completely blue Congress. I, I believe, you know, looking back at ACA and how Democrats stopped the public option, I think now we're ready for a public option. Um, so over time, uh, we can see some of these changes. It's just a matter of people getting used to the idea and understanding it. And whether you like it or not, that's just the way our country works. It's like, you know. Well, and here's, here's an unpopular thought. I think that's the way our country should work. And I say this mm. as somebody who worked on Capitol Hill for many years, um, where as a Republican, a moderate Republican, we had to work with Democrats. Mm -hmm. And what the public sees in media you see on cable television, it's very polarized, mm -hmm. and it's not really an accurate reflection of how uh, Congress worked and how we all work together. I think that has somewhat changed. You hear mm -hmm. members of Congress who have been there a long time say, I've never seen anything this polarized. Mm -hmm. I blame media for mm -hmm. that, but mm -hmm. you know, the polarization and the wild claims and kind of sexier stuff on either side is what draws ratings. And so there yeah. are some people who think that's what's really going on in Washington, when in fact there's tons of issues that you have to work on as a committee mm -hmm. and then get through the House with some sort of a coalition. Uh, I always worked on the House side and then get it to the Senate and have mm -hmm. it passed through the Senate. Uh, so, you know, uh, budget bills, authorization bills start uh, in the House and then go to the Senate. And you have to do this uh, and work together. Well, people aren't doing that. And then mm -hmm. what you also have now, um, so, so my, my unpopular thought is that I think that's how it should work so that the big stuff is really hard to get through, not mm -hmm. impossible, but really hard mm -hmm. so that the members of Congress uh, who are pushing it have to make their case have to build a coalition, and if there's a group uh, or a constituency that's opposed to it because it really harms them, they have to find a way to work around that or mm -hmm. accept it. And that's how that's how it used to work. There's always been corruption, of course, of course but yeah. there still had to be some common ground, and we don't have that anymore. Yeah. We also have people that have become media stars, and then mm -hmm. they end up becoming leadership uh, in the House in particular who have not earned their stripes, have no history of cheering committees and pushing through legislation, no actual uh, policy objectives that matter and certainly no policy wins. I put Matt Gatz in, in mm, whatever, yeah. however you pronounce his name, <laughs> uh, in Florida. And you've got Jim Jordan. Mm -hmm. um, you've got Steve King of Iowa who yeah. got all this TV time. The racist, white supremacist, he's practically a Klan member. Yeah. Uh, so you have these yahoos. Um, and, you know, we've had them on both sides. They, they're characters mm -hmm. and they go for the, the red meat. Mm -hmm. um, yes, and they are totally. held up as these media stars who are members of Congress who have no standing within Congress. And it's dangerous now that we see them getting their standing in Congress through their media appearances rather than actually doing the hard what some people consider to be boring work of crafting the legislation, tweaking it, working with your colleagues on both sides of the aisle to mm -hmm. get it through committee, get it through the House floor and finding that common ground. But, you know, you're not going to get on Sean Hannity to talk about that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, um, that's exactly right. And, you know, it's just it's a shame that it's going in this direction. And I don't know. I really have no idea how things are going to change uh, come Election Day, which I do want to get to in a minute. But I, I want to go back to COVID just for a second. And I want to ask you um do you are you seeing a divide with okay because i'm like you i'm i pretty much consider uh going out of the house and going into a grocery store or any kind of enclosed place uh, okay i view myself and anything i take out of it contaminated so i clean it when i get home including my hair because i figure i don't know if like a droplet falls in my hair so i'm just going to yeah. be extra careful even if the cdc's it, it appears i think they said something like it's probably not a danger 
to me probably isn't a strong enough word, so I'm going to assume that it is. It's like if I touch chicken. If I touch raw chicken, I'm going to wash my hands. That's a very, a very good analogy. Assume that you've just touched raw chicken at all times. <laughs> yeah. And rubbed <laughs> it all glitter. over your body. With glitter. Have you ever tried to get rid of glitter? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing now, you know, there are family members, friends, uh, you know, not mine not necessarily, just in general, where you have somebody who's your family member or your friend who doesn't care or doesn't think it's a serious issue. And then there's like, all of a sudden there's like a divide. And unfortunately I just kind of lost a friend who I really consider more of an ally than a friend, but still uh, over the fact that we disagree about posting about the importance of wearing masks. She doesn't think. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's like, I have a friend who actually is a nurse who is say, is reading something. She's also a mag, a, a Trump supporter, uh, you know, posting on social media. I don't think we need to wear masks. That's horrifying. A nurse? A nurse. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. But, the brainwashing is so deep. But she's all in with the MAGA, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is someone who believed in the pizza parlor basement Hillary right. child sex trafficking, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Wow. Uh, but that's dangerous. And it so is. when we're talking about having gatherings and doing social distancing, responsible stuff with our lawn chairs and our mm-hmm. masks and six feet apart and no, you know, we're not going to have drinks except individual bottles or cans or whatever. Yeah. This is a person that you have. Do we really want this person with us? Right. If, if, because we don't know what, what other bad habits or mm-hmm. what, what else is being ignored that could put us at risk and therefore our loved ones at risk. Yeah. That's just, um, that's like the, one of the things that, you know, I mean, fortunately my family is pretty safe and understands where I stand because, you know, I mean, my mom is 73, I think, uh, I think she, yeah, she just turned 73 and she lives alone and I haven't, I've seen her twice and I'm going to go to hang out with her. Like you're talking about, um, in her backyard, do the same thing. But, you know, she has two cats that I actually picked out both of these cats and named them, but I can't hug them and love them. And, you know, and it's like really tough for me. And, you know, I know that there are other family members that are a little bit looser with that. And I, you know, I'm just I'm just waiting for, you know, the guilt to come in about, well, you know, it's not that bad and you're living in fear and whatever they say. Um, Well, (laughs) is it such a big deal to wear a mask? And we're not talking about taking such huge, extraordinary measures. We're talking about basic things that just have to be adopted in our culture. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when you go into a store during this time, I mean, knowing that this is we have a hundred thousand dead Americans Mm -hmm. and for people who don't care about that or it's not real because it hasn't touched their lives i mean you've seen free my entire life you see these signs on the doors of stores no shirt no shoes no yes, service. so right. no shirt no shoes no mask no service yeah and their asian countries have been living right, with the mask yeah. culture for many years and we have to adopt this and wow, i don't understand the mentality culture. of the people who are resisting this yeah but i can't it's like the word mask culture that's just like something I never thought I would have to live through in this country. But here we are. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> yeah, now I, <laughs> I want to ask you something. I'm totally curious about this. Did you see the footage of Donald Trump standing on Memorial Day holding his arm down? Do you know what I'm talking about? I have seen that. I've seen that stance on him a few times. Yeah, so he, sta- he stands where he leans forward. And then he was like... It looked like his arm was just kind of doing whatever it wanted, and he like had to hold it down. And yeah. um, so, of course, there's this guy, of course, and his name escapes me right now. I can't remember what it was, but he's always talking about on Twitter 
that he believes Trump has, I guess, frontal lobe dementia. And I have seen that. I've seen yeah. several people make that point. Actually. Right. And they're and they're definitely going on this whole stance thing where he kind of leans forward. That's one of the um, one of the symptoms of it. Plus, you know, he names a bunch of other ones, which interestingly, some of the other things that are uh, that he names Trump, I think, had his whole life. So it's, you know, I mean, it's like, yeah, lying like, or whatever. I can't remember like, exactly what they were. He's a narcissist. Yes, um, narcissist. You know, and he um, and he distorts the truth. Yeah, um, he's, he's also just a bad guy. He's a you bad guy. People yeah. who, you know, try and get away with things. Um, he's been able to do it because his father taught him how to be a mobster, yeah. basically. And so Trump embraced that. He didn't have to build it himself because daddy had it set up for him. Yeah. And he simply has gotten away with it. So, I, you know, we focus so much on him, but it, the truth is it's in his enablers. Of course, uh, Trump yeah. can't get away with any of this, but he keeps pushing the envelope because we let him. Because we Congress let him, the, him. The, media, the media yeah. lets him. And Twitter Bill Barr. is now letting him. Yes. I know, exactly. Well, what I wanted to ask you about with this is, do you think this has anything to do with that visit to Walter Reed? Because I know last November you were like, hmm, uh, he has this unplanned uh, yeah. you know, trip to Walter Reed that was supposed to be like partial physical, which never happens. So do you think that this might have something to do with it? Oh, yes. I mean, that was definitely not planned. It was something something had happened mm-hmm. uh, and they lied to us about what it was. Do mm-hmm. I know specifically what it was? No. Um, I at some point thought that this is a man who's acting a whole lot like he has some sort of a vaccine for, right. for the, yeah. the virus because and that would have been about the time because we're at the day before he went to Walter Reed was the first case in China. Um, oh, so that's right. I you know, forgot you tweeted that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so th- I can tell you that um, knowing a little bit how this sort of thing works, the president of the United States does not just say, I think I'll take part of my my visit now and, and, and mm-hmm. break it up into groups for my annual physical. Um, that trip was about something. Mm-hmm. It was about something significant and it was something they didn't want to tell us. I mean, mm-hmm. we knew when George W. Bush choked on a pretzel, right? right the whole yeah. world did because they had to tell us. Um, and we, you know, they, they, so to keep things that secret um, and his initial doctor saying that he's healthy and, you know, when he was running for, for president, um, the health issue with this man has always been uh, an issue. And I think that there's more than one health issue. We think mm-hmm. he's sore. So Adderall, God only knows what mm-hmm. else he's on. Um, I also know, um, or at least had heard that Roger Stone years ago said that uh, Trump always wears a bulletproof vest and mm-hmm. that's why he does not button his coat. His jacket is always open, as you notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or you will now that I've told you that. And <laughs> um, I remember Stone saying that's because for years, long before running for president, Trump wore a bulletproof vest. Hmm. So Trump has enemies. Trump has done mm-hmm. some really bad things to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and he knows that he's vulnerable to something. I mean, this man has lived his life like a mobster. Right. Um, you don't. You don't wear a, a man as vain as he is about his appearance. Um, even though what he does for his appearance is rather know, comical, <laughs> he takes a lot of time on that hair yeah. and his makeup. I mean, certainly more than any woman that I know, and wearing lifts and his high heels right. and all of that. So the fact that he has that sloppy look yeah. with uh, the jacket open, and I don't even know what the red tie every day thing is about. That's some other kind of a weirdness um, with held together with scotch tape so it stays down. Um, but yeah, so there's 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 lots of odd things about him, his behavior. Um, I do think that he has dementia. Mm-hmm. I do think it's been exacerbated by drug use. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's also a narcissist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's psychotic. He's got all kinds of psychoses. 
Um, and he's an evil person. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's just hard to see all of this in one person. There might be people like that who exist in our society. In fact, I know that they do. But the problem is they're not in a position to cause so much damage. Yeah. You know, they can hurt their families. They can hurt coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're the business owner or the boss, they can hurt people that way. Um, but they can't. They can't hurt an entire planet, an entire country. Yeah. And that's why this is so dangerous. It's behavior many of us have seen in others, but you know they don't control us. I know this is probably going to be impossible for you to answer. It's impossible to predict, but I'm just curious, since you do have experience in Washington and um, you have some interesting takes, how do you see the rest of this election cycle playing out? Like, I mean, obviously, and I want to get into the pantyhose thing in a second, but, you know, we've got um, alleg- we've got all kinds of things that uh, they've thrown at Biden and yeah. and nothing, you know, whether it's Ukraine or, or Tara Reid or whatever it is, the dementia stuff, it's not sticking because it really doesn't hold true. Well, but, like, here's the thing. See? It's debunked every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christine O'Donnell, the former nutcase mm-hmm. Tea right, Party right-wing yeah. Senate candidate in Delaware's niece <laughs> accusing Biden of something, for, and Biden was even at that event. And they said, well, it was maybe the year before. No, it wasn't there then. Yeah. Uh, it, right there, it shows how far people are willing to go to just make stuff up to harm him. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody believes that um, Biden ever sexually harassed anyone ever. <laughs> In anything like that, and he is overly affectionate. Some of the uh, to, to uh, other people, but also to men. And you see him. Yeah. There's one picture they keep showing of him with the little girl, when, and um, and she's kind of cringing a little bit. Well, that little girl is the daughter of a fellow Delaware sent Delawarean sent Delaware senator um, uh, uh, that is a longtime family friend of biden Hmm. so that little girl is somebody who has known joe biden since she since birth Mm -hmm. and so for him to put his hands on her shoulder because her daddy was being sworn in chris coons is being sworn in Mm -hmm. is perfectly normal Mm -hmm. um so a lot of this is overblown and he frankly he said okay i won't do that anymore if women don't i am let's it's not things are well i mean there's a picture of him doing it to Um, al franken but tara reed lied and now i think people are saying well why is everybody exposing all this other stuff about her i'm glad that they are because we now know she probably filed a false police report mm-hmm. if she named him. Um, there's no way that what she claims happened happened. You potentially will get in the pantyhose issue. Uh, but look, they're going to keep throwing this stuff out there. And what I'm seeing now, where I have a little bit of hope, is that it is finally being somewhat debunked mm-hmm. in the media instead of them just playing yes. stenographer or sticking yes. a microphone in front of his face. They're doing the hard work, mostly print. Print comes before mm-hmm. broadcast always. Mm-hmm. So print media is now really doing the hard work and putting it out there, and we're all pushing it out mm-hmm. there so that it permeates mm-hmm. that part of the population that isn't seeking it out or they only watch Fox. The, the turning point is when Fox News has to start saying like sean right. uh, hannity saying wear your mask yeah oh okay when you always have judge napolitano um mm-hmm. saying what needs to be said but when you have like we now see the washington examiner which is like breitbart yes it's like it's 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 the worst of the worst and they are taking on trump now for his horrendous treat tweets accusing uh joe scarborough of murder <laughs> and all this insane. other horrible garbage yeah. yeah and they're saying enough enough wow. and you've got the editorial page of the wall street journal owned by rupert murdoch mm-hmm. who owns the new york post and fox news doing the same thing so when the pushback starts coming from the right-wing news mm-hmm. um so-called news 
Um, <laughs> that's only because we on the other side have done our job. Mm -hmm. And I hopefully we'll see more of that. And that's where you tip the scales in areas where we need to tip the scales. Yeah. Well, and I brought up pantyhose interestingly because my mother said the same thing. Uh, one that Tara Reid would have been wearing pantyhose yes. in 1993. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I worked in a department store at that time and, and we had to wear pantyhose. And, oh, you know where I yeah. worked in 1993? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I was a congressional staffer just like Tara Reid. And yes. I'm telling you, and, well, I got to say, the minute I put that on Twitter, and I've done it a few times when I said, wait a minute, in 19, because Terry conveniently told Katie Halper in her first interview, oh, I wasn't wearing pantyhose that day. It was my right. day. And now that is applying 2020 standards to 1993. Yeah. Right away, I'm thinking, going, huh? And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Of course you were. Everybody, Everybody did. There's did. no way you were not wearing pantyhose in 1993. And as soon as I said that on Twitter, it, it just blew up. Yeah. Every woman of that era said, oh, my God, you're right. It yeah. wasn't like, well, maybe the men were all saying, they well, really? And, like, and the young women, like, and they were like, no. There's no wiggle room on this. None. None. No. <laughs> if you got a, if you got a, what if you got a tear in them? Did nope. you just take them off? No. No. You fix that tear with, with uh, nail polish. With nail polish. Yes. <laughs> and you wore that ugly looking thing all day. You did not take off your pantyhose. So true. Especially yeah. if you're working, you're a 29 year old woman. She wasn't an intern. You're a 29 year old woman working in the United States Senate, and it was a day the Senate was in session. Yeah. And here's another thing: if she wasn't wearing pantyhose. She never would have been sent on an errand where she would have been meeting the senator. Right. Her supervisor, it just it just would not have happened. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's just no way that there'd be a day you weren't wearing pantyhose, even in August. Mm -hmm. uh, we had to wear them with espadrilles, you know. Yeah. It was so. But this is how we we even wore them under slacks once we were able to wear slacks. But mm -hmm. I remember not being able to even wear pants. And in 1993, that's when the female senators fought, and got the right to wear pantsuits on the Senate floor. They couldn't even wear slacks. Senators. No, I know. Well, I mean, I remember working. I, it was a store called the Broadway in California and the women who worked there had to wear skirts and pantyhose and you were not allowed to wear slacks. So that was the and dress that, code. Yeah, of course. And can you imagine um, then that, that on steroids uh, right. on Capitol Hill and yeah. conservative Washington. Oh my goodness. But you know what? She had to say that in order to make her lie work. Exactly. Otherwise, the exactly. Rest of her story just doesn't work. So if you're, most people said, Oh, that's just one small detail. No, it's well, not. It's not because if this were in a court of law, mm -hmm. that would be focused on because yeah. right away it's like, okay, we have now just changed the basis of this story from the very beginning. We have to go all the way back, erase everything that comes after. Let's go back to the beginning. You have now, Tara Reid, just set the stage by establishing a very extraordinary, unique scenario mm -hmm. that no one can really see happening. Mm -hmm. So we have to, that's our starting point, yeah. this really odd scenario where you're not wearing pantyhose at a time when every other woman was and you're claiming that no one would notice but it would have been noticed we've got you know, 100 million women all these women say oh yeah if yeah. you notice you got sent home this is how extraordinary it was you bought them in the little egg you know everybody <laughs> every woman knows this you might be able to talk some of the men into saying oh we didn't know right. it, but every woman is going to go uh-uh mm -hmm. so you so and then we have to understand that okay so on that day you were not wearing what we all wore. Mm -hmm. I mean, this would be like wearing, going, this would be like going braless. Exactly. Yes. I was just going to say it, that. Yeah. It'd be like a man showing up in shorts and a business suit. It, right. you know, I mean, it just didn't happen. And every woman knows that. And in fact, I've been posting articles from 1993 when they were talking about that very thing, women in pantyhose. You know, we had to wear them. So we, we, we have, so now not only are we supposed to believe that you were not wearing them, at a time when we all did, and you know, so it just it just didn't happen that you wouldn't. You expect us to also believe 
that your supervisor didn't notice mm -hmm. and sent you to meet the United States senator and hand him something, an mm -hmm. item um, that, that he had requested. In a very busy so, area, too, where there's yeah, lots and, of people you know, the all the time. The reason interns are given dress codes and pages are given uniforms is because you are sent on such errands where you may have to be on the Senate floor. You get your pass mm -hmm. um, or go in the cloakrooms, and you cannot be there if you are not properly attired. Even yeah. United States women senators had to be in skirts uh, with pantyhose. Uh, they would not even wear pants. So yeah. that's how that's just the culture and how strict it is there. So she has now established a couple of scenarios on that particular day and there would have been no hot day during the time of year that this would have happened. Mm -hmm. So now we have, have to, a couple of extraordinary circumstances that we're just supposed to accept as fact. Yeah. Um, before we get to the point where she says it was a, a semi-private hallway, no one was around. Well, no, then she no, says, well, yeah. when I was walking towards him, he was talking to someone. <laughs> okay, so he's walking. Then then what happened to the bag? So you walk toward him. He, there was somebody in the hallway, but now it's empty. <laughs> On a right. day when the Congress was right. in session, there's no one there. And he pushes you up against the wall, sets his the duffel bag down. Um, sticks his hand up your skirt because you're not wearing and you're not wearing pantyhose, so it just made it so convenient. You know, right. boy, what are the odds right. of that day that Joe Biden decides to digitally rape you? You just happen to not be <laughs> Yeah, I exactly. Just, and then she claims she was wearing crotchless underwear. It just gets worse and worse for her. Oh my God, did she and really I, say that? I didn't see that. She said that to Megan Kelly. Oh yes. my yes. God. Yes. <laughs> oh my and, God. Um, yeah. And that was after some of us had made noise on Twitter about wearing pantyhose. Yes. Well, as you know, we made enough noise where Megan had to then call her back right. after the interview and ask her about the pantyhose issue. Wow. And she says that she wasn't wearing them. But even if she was, they would just be stockings. Well, that means nothing. Right. Because <laughs> exactly. she already told Katie Halper she wasn't wearing stockings, pantyhose, nothing. Right. It was almost like she just knew she was cornered mm -hmm. and i think i think that's why she had to to throw in her special underwear circumstance because she said she was seeing her boyfriend after work because that's what everyone does they wear their crotchless panties <laughs> and put them on eight o'clock in the morning for a seven o'clock date as one does <laughs> oh my god oh <laughs> it's wow so comfortable and it doesn't matter that you're working in the senate yeah um i think at the time too she was living with her boyfriend so mm -hmm. that's kind of weird right that yeah that is go weird home, yeah it's like okay which is gross. And if it's know, supposed so. to be hot, you want to take a shower. I mean, I, I can't speak yeah. for everybody, but I know that I would want to, after a, a day's work, if I wanted to have some fun with my boyfriend, I'd want to take a shower. So. Well, and then the fact that uh, her so-called corroborating witnesses did not corroborate right away mm -hmm. and then the one stopped talking and then they kind of had to remember, even her own brother, nobody remembered anything about the digital yeah. rape, as right. her, whatever she, you know, with her, the assault, they, she had said she was, you know, sexually harassed or whatever in that office, never even by Biden. So um, right, yeah. when, you, when you look, a lot of people think they, you know, they hear bits and pieces, they think they have the story mm -hmm. and then no, you don't. And when they, somebody said, Oh, news alert, it's now been uh, some court papers with her ex-husband say that he, that she did tell him about, this in about sexual harassment in the office. Well, the headline was misleading. Mm -hmm. It made it sound like she told him about sexual assault by Biden. Then you read the article and it says, right. no, she mentioned sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. She considered being asked to um, serve drinks. Serve drinks. Yeah. Uh, but now we're finding out that I remember thinking, well, that didn't happen. And now we're finding out that it probably didn't. No staffer said they were ever asked to do that. In hmm. fact, the campaign staff and the Senate staff are kept completely separate. Now you have to do that by law if you want to volunteer to do it. Hmm. But it's just not done. 
Um, yeah. And there's a there's a very very specific line drawn in the sand separating your campaign stuff from from your your mm-hmm. official Senate stuff. And now they're all are saying that Biden actually was very very um, conscious of all of that, so that even if it on his committee uh, that he chaired, um, if someone if one of the members needed a drink of water or coffee or something. They wouldn't ask the women to do it. He made sure it was always like a young male intern because he was very sensitive. And this hmm. was 1993 mm-hmm. when, you know, when we were all kind of rising up against that sort of thing. And right. he, he just didn't want you want the appearance of having to ask a female staffer to get coffee. Hmm. Yeah, so Biden was always one of the good guys. Um, we all know which senators were known for. To, you know, they call you don't want to be in the elevator with him. Biden right. was never on that list. Hmm. Um, and so there's a there's just a, dozens of other uh, issues with with this that poke holes in her mm-hmm. story. Yeah, we now know that she was fired mm-hmm. um, for not handling um, the constituent mail properly. Um, she was talked to a few times, and then they didn't fire her. Basically, they did give her a desk and an office, and they and they and her job was to show up and still get paid, but to look for another job. And she had been written up and on notice several times, so she didn't know it was coming um it's not like they just fired her one day she had a couple bad job reviews and they they really created um a a safe environment Mm -hmm. for her and that wasn't embarrassing and then you know and she left now she had some other legal issues and Mm -hmm. and whatnot um and um she's got a few more now that have come out Mm -hmm. i think she's she's got some problems um and i think that at this point um that dc police report that she mm-hmm. filed within the last couple of months um I, that if you lie on a police report if you if you file a false police report that is punishable by a huge fine and jail time hmm. i know that won't happen mm-hmm. but i think to go back to what we were talking about before with the pushback mm-hmm. when stuff like this is exposed when there are these lies and people say oh just let make it go away let it die well you know we've got a lot of voters out there that still believe Tara's story because they didn't get the updated information. And I think this letting it go is the wrong thing to do. Um, People have to know that there are consequences that, that to, to doing this sort of thing that, um, and with Obamagate, even this, which is completely made up, Mm -hmm. um, there are consequences and you can't just let it go. And now that we kind of let things go with the Mueller report, Mm -hmm. the fact that they did not, um, impeach him impeach trump for 10 counts of obstruction of justice mm-hmm. they decide then the uh, ukraine stuff came up so they they went with that you now have um oh we'll just let it go or let the voters decide well you now have uh republicans you now have trump and Barr and everybody on the right saying well it was proven to be a hoax the Mueller report was a <sighs> right. dud. it was proven to be a hoax there was no collusion and there's no russia involvement in in interference and this, of course, is a lie. So mm-hmm. by letting it go, you're giving them a win. Right. And I think it needs to be pounded on. And I've been doing it over and over and over again. Mueller found evidence of collusion, yeah. just not enough. But because of all of the obstruction of justice, mm-hmm. he did not find enough. He could not prove collusion to the to meet the reasonable doubt standard that's required for indictments. Hmm. He also was not allowed to indict, as you know. Yeah. Uh, and that was Barr. So right. there was collusion. We all know there was a lot more, but you couldn't prove it because of all the obstruction of justice, mm-hmm. which is why obstruction of justice is a crime. You can't say, ah, ha, ha, we got away with it because all you have to do is lie, and that's okay. Yeah. I think I think that the Democrats in Congress erred by not one year ago. They should have immediately started those articles of impeachment for obstruction of mm-hmm. justice. 
or yeah. they should be doing it again. I think that was a big mistake because what that does is it gives the yahoos out there, the idiots who don't read and consume actual news, the people who think they're smart because they get a couple of talking points from Rush Limbaugh or, or from Fox News mm-hmm. um, that are, oh, it was all a hoax. It was proven. No, why, if, why weren't they indicted then? Because they weren't allowed to. I mean, you've seen mm-hmm. the circles that people talk. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a problem. I think by not forcing uh, Twitter to address the bots and trolls, they give us mm-hmm. new tools. You can hide replies. Right. But they can't really they can't really solve the problem for us. Mm-hmm. Um, or they won't rather. Mm-hmm. So as long as they're as long as we allow Trump to get away with this and bar by not addressing it in a swift fashion. They're getting away with it. Mm-hmm. You can't say let voters decide. Well, voters see Congress not doing anything about it, mm-hmm. and they think, well, it must be okay. Yeah. Does that make yeah, sense Yeah, it's sending the wrong message. Exactly. I'm, I'm sorry. I say throw the book at them for everything. I totally agree. And I don't, you know, I mean, I'm just uh, a little, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Russia is working overtime to interfere. I mean, and, and I should say attack um, our our election and our democracy and as somebody who lived in Russia when I was 12 years old and feel like I have a pretty decent understanding of the Soviet mentality which Vladimir Putin has uh, it scares me it really scares me because obviously they've gotten they've penetrated our government they've got the keys to the White House and they have a lot of dirt on a lot of uh, Republicans because they hacked the RNC as well as the DNC we just didn't hear what they found with the RNC so that's that whole thing is you know and the Mueller report and everything you're talking about I totally agree and it's it's just, I mean, I think Trump has just exposed so much of, of, of what's wrong and what needs to be cemented in our traditions and rules. And so I w- and then I wish, I mean, I'm certainly not about attacking Democrats. I, I can call them out for things that I think they're weak on. And I, I wish that they would, in some cases they've been strong, but in other cases, like you're talking about with the Mueller report, I do ag- agree. They, they should bring up articles of impeachment. Um, Look, we either follow the rule of law or we don't. Yeah. And it might not be the fight that you wanted, but you're the fight we have. And yeah. it's their job to 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 impeach when a president is breaking the law. Uh, it, it's it's how do we ever catch anybody on this stuff? It's mm-hmm. kind of like if we can talk a little bit about Twitter, um, the things that people get suspended for um, or get on timeout for mm-hmm. and then others don't, mm-hmm. um, including Trump. Mm-hmm. Why is he allowed to get away with this? I mean, Trump defamed me on Twitter. Um, and, you know, they end up saying, well, that's just Twitter, so it doesn't matter. Well, right. you know, uh, that's what the judge was saying a few years ago with regard to my situation. Um, and had one judge come forward and just had the kahunas, <laughs> the doodads, <laughs> to um, take it on and establish what what Twitter is and isn't. Um, we could have prevented all this. Mm-hmm. So I look at the last five years and I look at every judge, every lawyer, every elected official, mm-hmm. every party operative who caved, every pundit, um, anybody who thought, well, I'll just let this one go because otherwise I'm going to get dirt on me or I don't want to get splattered yeah. if I take him on. Um, I'm just going to let this go and, and let somebody else handle it. And this snowball, because there was a time when any one person just doing the right thing, even if it was difficult, could have made that difference when you mm-hmm. look at how close this election was. Um, and I, I know a lot that I can't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I know a whole lot. 
And I know those in law enforcement up and down the line. Um, And we know elected officials and we know people in the media even now that are sitting on some stuff because it might implicate some people that they consider to be sources Hmm. or it affects somebody that they consider to be not important. You know, Mm -hmm. so Sherry Jacobus doesn't matter. We don't care about her story because she's not one of the big players. Um, So we won't report X that we know. It's just not sexy enough because she's not important enough. Or this person that we know is dirty up to his eyeballs is a source and he has good quotes or he's on TV. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of these green room and Manhattan dinner party um, alliances, you know, that are um, unhealthy. And a lot of people know that that's where our media has let us down. The press has let us down. They're just too cozy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even with some of the people that they consider to be the good guys now are not good guys. So when you let someone go, you end up having to let everyone go. Mm-hmm. And it's we're like a third world country here. Yes, it's, we are. It's our banana republic. I don't know what other, other analogy to make. Yeah, we are. We absolutely are. And it's terrifying. Um, yeah. But I'm going to switch gears. And the last question I'm going to ask you about, because this has just come to brought, you know, was interesting. You've been tweeting about it. It's about the abortion debate. And you were basically saying if, if the uh, uh, morning after pill were widely advertised, abortions would be dramatically reduced. You also talked about both sides not using it to fundraise. But I just want to be clear that a lot of people don't know the difference between the morning after pill and the abortion pill. And the morning after pill is something that you take to prevent pregnancy. The abortion pill literally causes an abortion. So I know that the ACA covers the morning after pill, which, one again, is not, and I'm never going to say this word right, uh, uh, maybe you can help me with it. Abort, abortifish. I can never say it. I, I can never <laughs> I say. I, I've heard it said like a million mean, times, yeah. and I can't say it. But basically, what it means is the morning after pill does not cause an abortion. It it, it basically prevents, excuse me, fertilization. So yes. um so now I mean if there's like it's it's true that it's not. I mean I I know there's Plan B and then oh, there's I can't remember the name of the other one. But um, you can get those from the drugstore, too. I mean, they're covered on the ACA, but you can go to the drugstore and buy Plan B. And so if you've had unprotected sex, then, you know, I, I can't remember. I think it's up to a couple of days where you can take 72 that. 72 hours at least. Yeah. yeah, three days. So then I think with the uh, abortion pill, I think you have five days where you can take that. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was an interesting thing. And I, I just want to get into one that thing. That was another one of those very unpopular opinions that I express because it makes neither side happy. And so I think I preface it by saying, here's an unpopular truth. (laughs) Then you see a lot of silence too. (laughs) Well, I know that, I mean, I know that there, regardless of, I mean, the, I think it would definitely dramatically reduce the need for abortion, but it wouldn't completely erase it because obviously sometimes people are going to have sex and the pill isn't going to work or there's going to be an issue with the condom or whatever it is and they won't know. If both sides are intellectually honest and their goal is to reduce the number of abortions, there's the very simple, easy, inexpensive, safe um, way to do that is with the morning after pill, Mm -hmm. the plan B. And this is something that should be handed out like a Pez dispenser everywhere (laughs) in drugstores for high school students. This does, it is not an abortion pill. Uh, It also, but here, but here's the unpopular opinion. The reason that this is not so widely known and discussed and pushed and people don't know even uh, the name of it. And, you know, they don't know that maybe they can get it at the drugstore is because both sides use this issue uh, as a political issue and a fundraising tool, especially on the right. 
um, you would the Republicans would had there be no reason for the evangelical base to vote Republican or even to vote mm-hmm. were it not for the fact that Republicans say we are the ones that are anti-abortion. Mm-hmm. We will be uh, we will uh, appoint and confirm anti-abortion uh, justices to Supreme Court and all up and down the line. Now here's the problem with that: when Trump had the White House and both houses of Congress. Um, he did nothing to, mm-hmm. he didn't do it. They did not one thing to reduce the number of abortions, mm-hmm. but it's a great fundraising tool. And it's a great way to, to gin up your yeah. base and build your coalition on the other side. Um, it's the same thing by people who are passionately pro-choice because they don't think that women should be forced to carry unwanted or unhealthy you know, mm-hmm. to term. Um, and so a, they and also abortion is a big industry mm-hmm. and Planned Parenthood. It's all a very, very big industry. Um, it's a big voting constituent. There's a lot of people who work in the industry and they kind of like the idea of keeping that going, too. Now, should abortion still be legal? Yes. But you would not you would be able to cut down probably 90 percent mm-hmm. of the abortions if it was adopted in our culture, wherever you went, that you could take the morning after pill mm-hmm. now. Would some people say, well, then you're just going to be relying on that instead of responsible birth control? Maybe mm-hmm. they might um, because birth control pill you take every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's something that needs to be explored and discussed. But it's not. Yeah, well, and it would be a, that, yeah, yeah, would... the fact that this is that, that there should never be a discussion about any of this. Uh, and I and I think it's um, to the point. I don't know if it was you or somebody else that noted this, that on the right, it's not a matter of really them caring about abortion. Um, what they want to stop is people having sex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, the Pretty point narrow, that I yeah. brought up was that, you know, I'm pro-abortion in the same way that I'm pro-colonoscopy. It's not that I, yeah. I'm like, woohoo, abortion is awesome. No, it's a procedure that you are grateful for if you need it and you want it. Well, exactly. It's and not anything that, that you would want. They said, well, the morning after pill isn't, isn't, isn't 100% effective. It's like, well, nothing is. Well, nothing then that's is. when you probably, that's when you are glad that maybe abortion be available exactly um but exactly need it just i mean it's just it's ridiculous uh, i i find it hard to believe as a, a a woman of a certain age and i've been around a long time i think i'm older than you but significantly judging by how old you told me your mother was <laughs> <laughs> well i i'm i'm gonna be 52 um, in july so yeah that? 52 i'll be 52 in july i had to think about well, that for i just a minute. turned 60 <laughs> well you're not January. that much older than i am <laughs> so um so if I'm looking at my generation and and remembering the girls my age, I, you know, when, you know, people didn't even talk about such things. Mm-hmm. And I just find it impossible that in 2020 we have this thing called the morning after pill mm-hmm. that solves. I mean, it solves the problem. Yeah, it just does. It solves every problem. Yeah, um, it does. It's it really even does. cheaper than, you know, than people being on birth control. And let's not forget the fact that there are some people, some women who maybe they are not in a regular relationship, yes. but they find themselves in a, in a situation where they occasionally are um, sexually active, mm-hmm. but not enough to justify the pill, which right. has side effects yes. and is expensive and you take it every day. You know, it, it is it's insanity to yeah. me. Absolutely. Absolute insanity that these that today we have something called the morning after pill 
and everybody doesn't have a bunch of them in their medicine chest or in their purse. Yeah. And I, that it's not handed out easily, cheaply. I mean, like yeah. a Pez dispenser, seriously. If you can buy condoms in a man, male, men's bathroom, you should be able to. Yes, absolutely. You know, go to absolutely. the lunch counter at your high school or the nurse or something or somewhere or just from a dispenser and get and get the, yeah, the morning. Yeah, because it, it is preventative. And I mean, I'd like to say this, too, uh, as far as, you know, you're talking about the unpopular opinion in both sides. Um Obviously, I think as a progressive, as a Democrat, as a pro-choice woman, I think, you know, the, the, the fundraising done on any, any kind of Democratic fundraising saying, hey, we're pro-choice and we're going to protect women, obviously, as you said, comes from the fact that the, the Republicans are heavily fundraising on it and, and actively closing down clinics across the country and yeah. making abortion extremely difficult. And so if that weren't in place... Um, I'm not saying the Democrats wouldn't fundraise on it, but to, to say something that isn't popular and maybe not everyone wants to hear, but you know, I've been a, a grassroots organizer, I, or not organizer, activist, I should say. I've been in the activism world, not so much out on the field, but like more of an online connected to the people in the field. And it was very sad for me to learn that in the, um, you know, I was an advocate for the ERA, I still am, but um, I learned that there's, you know, there's a bunch of organizations that support the Equal Rights Amendment, feminist organizations. And there's one in particular that only shows up after all the work is done, and then they kind of take credit for it and fundraise off of it. And right. when I found out about that, it pissed me off so much. And I had, you know, I actually spoke to a couple of people, heads of these organizations and offered my help and um, said, I, you know, there was a, a lot of things that I used to do with blogging. I used to like hold Democratic senators accountable if they were not supporting the Equal Rights Amendment. And so I told them straight up, I'm willing to be the bad guy, you know, I will, or the bad cop, you know, I'll write the shit about him and you can stay clean. <laughs> you know? And, and well, um, but I, I learned, though, that it, it, you know, sometimes it was they liked to take credit for something that didn't even have anything to do with. And then they would fundraise off of it and then they wouldn't use the help that was offered to them for free. And it pissed me off. Well, like, here's what I think would be really smart of Joe Biden to do uh, is to basically in a smoother way than we've just been talking about <laughs> it, but uh, to in a, in a debate uh, yeah. and say, um, I mm -hmm. am pro-choice, but. I think we're being disingenuous on all sides if we, unless we are not leading by saying we want to reduce to the point yes. where hopefully one day eliminate the need for abortion. Yeah. But here's how we do it. Yeah. We know it can be done. And he could have a little bit of a sister soldier moment where he takes on the left and uh, gives somebody on the right a reason to vote for him. Maybe not mm. evangelicals, but people who right. think, Okay, I, I hate Trump. I hate all this, but you know, I'm so um, you know, I, I I really hate abortion. I want to do something about it. But if he comes up with something, that yes, I'm going to fight to keep um, abortion legal, safe, and rare. But I want to talk about the rare thing because we find people giving that a lot of lip service mm -hmm. over the years. We have this plan. We have the morning after pill, and no one's talking about it. And I'm going to do X, Y, and mm -hmm. Z. And I think that would confuse people in a good way because <laughs> a lot of a lot of Catholics, because he's Catholic, and mm -hmm. um, one might say, you know what, he's right, and mm -hmm. he should come right out and say this issue is being used on both sides, and he should say how. Yeah, no, I t I agree, and I think that would be good. And I'd like to address too the rare thing because I know Hillary Clinton got a lot of crap for saying that 
from feminists saying you shouldn't say that because it's basically it's almost like shaming. But I feel like, OK, well, if you if you have dental surgery, wouldn't you want it to be rare? If you have, exactly. again, colon, exactly. it's, it's not about it's shaming. Saying, nobody yeah. nobody wants to have to choose abortion. We well, want and that's that what, choice. And that's what you have to say to say until you're somebody until you're familiar with the process, it's not pleasant. No. No, it's of not course pleasant. not. Nobody so, yeah, wants we it. We do, and we don't want, especially younger women, to have to go through this. It is a lot, you know. Yeah, that's it's, what it's, that, that's what, and I think that somebody can speak honestly about that, and um, it would be talked about. And in the intellectually honest, you'd have people on the on the far left saying, "We just, you know, this is going to make sure that it's going to hurt our our, you know, cause." Or say, no, it won't. And I think it's going to get him more points. He makes it very clear: I will not do anything to. You know, I want to protect the legality of mm-hmm. it, keep it legal. But let's talk about rare because neither side is talking about rare. Yeah. And I'm and I and, think I, and I would love for rare. him if he did say talk about rare to to make sure that it's not about a shame thing, not like rare because yeah. it's shameful, rare because nobody wants to have to make that choice. It's not fun, even if you even if it's not mentally difficult for you, it's still a physically uncomfortable thing to yes. go through. So yes. you know that that would be my big thing because I you know again when Hillary Clinton said it, I saw you know pushback from feminists and I and I thought to myself. I'd been in the position as a single woman in my 30s where every once in a while I didn't know what was going on and and I did not I mean I I was always pro-choice and I figured if I had been pregnant in that moment and I was not with someone I wasn't going to even consider having it um and it and and it was I was filled with dread just because I didn't want to have to even deal with any of it and so that's you know I mean that I I agree with you in that if we promote especially if if Biden took that on I think that would be he would change the conversation yes he would Yes, he would. <laughs> and it would yeah. make some people crazy. But I think like you're talking about, yeah, I mean, he could definitely bring in some um, people who m- are on the fence if there's anybody yeah. even on the fence anymore. But yeah. Oh, my God. Well, um, I'm just so glad that you came back. I'm so I, I love talking to you. You're you're fascinating to me because it's so funny that, OK, you were a Republican and now you're independent and you have a moderate point of view. But I feel like I agree with you on so many issues. And Oh, there's so much more we could talk about, too. So hopefully you'll have me back. On oh, again. of course I will. Of course I will. Okay. Um, now, Wonderful. why don't you tell everybody where to find you and the Mueller thing and everything? Uh, yes, I'm executive editor uh, or executive producer of uh, America Reads the Mueller Report, and we raise money to air uh, this is direct excerpts being read by celebrities and real people of the Mueller Report. Hmm. And we air this half hour program on local TV stations, places like Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. We're hmm. heading into Arizona shortly. Uh, and we are making sure that everybody knows what's in the Mueller report, because if you watch Fox News, you listen to Bill Barr, you won't know. Right. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Sherry Jacobus, C-H-E-R-I-J-A-C-O-B-U-S. Awesome. So I'm going to put all of that information in the text of the Patreon description. Thank you so much, uh, Sherry. It's been great talking to you. So be safe. All right. Well, that was a fun discussion. You know, talking with Sherry, as I said to her, uh, it's fascinating to me because as I watch her on Twitter, and understand that A, she used to be a Republican, and B, she's an independent. I find so many times that, you know, I align with her thinking and I agree with it. And I think, you know, it makes me feel, how can I, how can I say this? I mean, I, I, I make no apology for who I am. I, I, I always say that I'm a very um, progressive person, but I do understand the need for 
compromise. You know, I mean, I, we just, that's what our country's all about. This is, of course, there's a, a nation of people who have all different kinds of belief systems and, and religions, and, and we're going to have to find a way to coexist. And as much as I would love to see certain things happening right now, I realize it's just not realistic. That in time, yes, we're going to have Medicare for all, but at this point, we're not going to, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. As, you know, and does that mean I don't want it to happen? No. Does that mean that I have a centrist point of view? No. It's just that I look at history and I look at how things have been accomplished. And it's, it's especially in this particular political climate, it's just not going to happen. So, you know, she may have some more conservative beliefs about certain things than I do. And I might be a little bit more progressive than her. But in the end, I don't know. It's like we kind of end up at the same point because we realize and she, you know I mean to me she doesn't sound like a, a centrist and you know it might be an unpopular position to say that Democrats would fundraise or would want to fundraise on abortion and as much as I uh, would hate that of course you know Democrats are going to have to find things to fundraise on you have to get people motivated in order to get them engaged and sometimes it's just not going to happen when you're talking about boring what are, you know, unsexy issues. So, you know, abortion is one of those hot button issues that gets everybody crazed and, and upset. And I mean, I'm one of them because the idea of taking the, the right to choose away makes me crazy. Not literally, but like fucking angry. You know, it's like no fucking way you're going to do that. So, um, as I mentioned, it, it's unfortunate to learn that, you know, okay, well, there was some feminist organization that used the ERA for their benefit. And, that, and I'm not going to say who it is. There's a bunch of them out there. So I'm not going to say who it is, but, you know, that shit happens in politics. It's just the way politics is. And I think it's extremely important to take a mature, grown-up approach to it instead of going off on what you would rather have happen. Because, you know, what I would rather have happen isn't happening. And we didn't even touch on today, we didn't even touch on all the racist and racial shit that's going on in this country. Steph and I are going to talk tomorrow. That's going to be a patrons only show, as I said at the top, but um, we are definitely going to touch on that. So uh, I look forward to talking with Steph tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed uh, my conversation with Sherry. Let me know what you think. You know, I always say the same thing, whether or not you agree with me. I want to know what you think, because sometimes, you know, people bring up points that I had never considered. So I'm obviously not against critics critique or criticism or whatever I just I invite it because I may not agree with it but I I'm always open I've been wrong before and I'm not embarrassed to say I'm wrong because I'm a human being and of course human beings sometimes are wrong <laughs> anyway thank you for listening don't forget you can find me on twitter at author Kimberly k-i-m-b-e-r-l-e-y don't forget that e-y um you can also read my books, which I did write a book on the right to choose. It's called Peyton's Choice, and it's a, a story about 17-year-old Peyton Andrews, who was kind of me, and, uh, you know, she fi finds Brad, falls in love, gets, marri uh, gets married, <laughs> no, falls in love, has first-time sex, and then gets pregnant and has to decide um, whether she chooses, you know, to have an abortion, and she does, and I'm not giving everything away because it's about the process more than the fact that she had an abortion. So, um, you know, I've explained before on this show that that book is loosely based on my teen life in Torrance, California, which was at the time like living in paradise. I told that to my mother when 
she moved from Torrance, California back to Hollywood and I was still living with her. I was so devastated and I told my mom that Torrance was a little piece of heaven and I was so upset. But, you know, then I moved to Hollywood and I met this this uh, dancer who he danced with Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson and all the big people. And I had fun in Hollywood. So my my whole, um, you know, sad song about Torrance completely changed when I met the dancer in Hollywood. <laughs> and then I became an actress. That's a whole nother day. All right. Thanks for listening. Obviously, I need to get some sleep because I'm tired and I'm babbling. So we will see you tomorrow.